Welcome back to Rodium Radio, episode 20. 20 interviews already in. By the way, this is going to be my last interview ever for this year. But we will be back next year, next Wednesday, with another special guest. But before we actually uh, introduce our next guest, uh, coming all the way from the city of San Diego, much love and respect to San Diego, um, I want to announce once again, I got to always push my work, uh, the Rhodium Mixtape Documixery. And I've said it in the past that I would put this up against any West Coast documentary. Not saying that it's better, but it is different. So once again, the Rhodium Mixtape Documixery based on a swamp meat vendor from the city of Whittier, a Japanese man named Steve Yano. And you can get that at documixery.com along with mixtapes and apparel. Uh, my apparel will eventually uh, um, be... Um, uh, right now you can get it with uh, free shipping. So, um, really quick, I just want to make an announcement before I introduce my guest, and it's this. Uh, a lot of people have been uh, emailing me at rhodiumradio at gmail.com. And uh, believe me, I got hundreds of songs I need to listen to. And people DM me, hey, have you listened to my song? Hey, have, when are you going to get back to me? All I'm asking is give me time because uh, if I don't listen to it, my team does. And then we get together and we decide who's going to be on the show. Uh, right now, we are booked up until March uh, from Sunday to Wednesday all the way up until March. So please give me some time to get back to you. We will get back to you, okay? Uh, one of the number one requested females that is always getting asked is uh, uh, about JB. Now, JB, and I'm just gonna make it uh, public, doesn't wanna be interviewed. She doesn't want any interviews. Um, so, you know, I, I would love to have her, but, you know, she's not making herself available. And, uh, and you know what, and I, I respect that. She doesn't want to be interviewed. That's fine, we got to move on. But in 2020, I will be uh, promoting and interviewing more females so you can expect other females here on Rhodium Radio. But uh, uh, I'll give you more updates as the, the show uh, goes on. But without further ado, let me allow me to introduce to you one of the most requested interviews of 2019. And without further ado, Shadow, Mr. Shadow, if I'm correct, from San Diego. Thank you for coming, brother. Thank you for having me. Yes, man. You know what? It's funny because on YouTube, the comments, uh, on Facebook, the comments, and on uh, Instagram, the comments, get Shadow, get Shadow, get Mr. Shadow from San Diego, get Mr. Shadow. And I never tell anybody ahead of time, don't worry, I already got him, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I want to keep people guessing, you know. But anyways... 
before we get into uh, what are you doing now or what are you going to be doing in the in the future, how many records you got out, etc. I, I usually like to start in the very beginning of Mr. Shadow. Right. So for the public to get to know you as, uh, you know, who you are as a person, not ne necessarily just as an artist. So, so, so where were you born at? Where were you raised? I was born and raised in San Diego, California, actually in Little Italy in my neighborhood at a Cabrillo Medical Center. It's not there no more, but that's where I was born. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And uh, have you always lived in San Diego? Always, my whole life. Uh, always lived. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you never moved out, moved back in? Nah, nah. Always been in San Diego, even if it's the outskirts, but I'm in San Diego County. So, so you see, like me, same, same thing. Uh, even when I got my record deal, I still lived here in my neighborhood. Why? Because I just love my neighborhood and this is where I'm at, you know. So now, as far as um, your, like, what, what elementary school did you attend? I actually went to Washington Elementary right Washington. there in downtown San Diego in oh. my neighborhood. Okay. So, um, yeah, night I went to the same elementary oh, really? school, yeah. Oh, so you and Nida were like, uh, oh, oh, went to the same school. You Obviously, you got them the same age. Oh, no. So, and uh, what, junior high school? Uh, it was a few, you know, got, okay. kicked, got kicked out of a few for, you know, little fights here and there. But um, Roosevelt, I went to Correa. I went to, um, where else did I go? I went to Memorial for two days. Then I kicked out. So, yeah. Okay. See, it, I I, th I like uh, bringing that up because it gives your fans an opportunity to say, wow, he went to my school <laughs> or I went right. to his school, right. you know. Uh, and what high school did you go? I didn't get to go to high school. I uh, I got my GED at McFadder Summit. Uh -huh. And, uh, yeah, I was in a court school, so I didn't get to go to high school. I got my GED in, uh, what was it? Way before I had to graduate. So I, I did that and kept hustling. Okay. And now you just didn't go to high school just because you said I want to, or you just figured, you know, what school is it for me? Now, well, I got, after I got a, a, a Jew in the hall, I got my GED. Okay. And that was that. I didn't have to go to school no more. So, all right. And college wasn't even in my vision. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So. Now, now, if you don't mind me asking you, what did you go to juvenile hall for? Uh, possession of a concealed weapon. Okay. Uh, I went to juvenile hall too. I went to a place called Los Padrinos out here. And I'll tell you why I went to school, to why I went there, because I got caught breaking into schools. <laughs> Seriously, I got, you know, it's funny. Quick story. I broke into a school that had just been broken into. Mm -hmm. So everything that was stolen was blamed on us. Oh shit! We just happened to break into a school that somebody had just broken into. So uh, I did, you know, not a lot of time, but I went to juvenile hall too as well. Uh, uh, and and I don't say that proud. I actually, say, uh, say that shamefully. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But now, um, as a kid, did you play any sports? Football, baseball, soccer, anything like no, that? No, I didn't get to play any sports. No, I, nope. I was just running the muck when I was a little kid. I there was this place like uh, what ten miles from my house called Seaport Village. Uh -huh. There was an arcade there. And I would just get on my skateboard and head down there, you know what I mean, and waste little dollars that I would steal from the parking lot. And then my mom would come get me from my, my ear. Because you know, it was far. I mean, for a little kid that was five, six, seven years old to go on a skateboard that far, she would be all worried and shit, you know what I mean? So, right. But that's what I would do. I didn't, get, I didn't get to play no sports. And like I said, junior high was my last year of school, so I got my GED, and then it was the streets. You know, it's funny you mentioned arcades because there's something about arcades that always like drew us to them. I mean, down the street, oh, yeah. I remember, you know, because every, every game was a quarter, okay? If I had a damn dime, I'd run over there because I knew there was there, there would be somebody there that I could borrow 15 cents from. <laughs> i get changed, play Asteroids, uh, Galaga, you know, Space Invaders, Star Castle. Kung Fu. Remember that Kung Fu? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, all of those yeah, games, so. you know. And then, of course, same thing, my mom 
uh, she would come get me. And one time I got my ass beat because I rode my Christmas bike to the arcade. I left it in the front. When I came back out after playing one game, it was stolen. Damn. You know, so yeah, it's a terrible feeling when your bike gets stolen. Oh yeah. So, uh, so now you didn't play any sports. So uh, around as a kid living up in a, uh, um, Mexican home, what type of music would you say your mother or your father would play, uh, you growing up? What, what would, what would you say your father would play or your mother would play? Strictly Mexican music. Yeah. Rancheras, corridos, Carlos y Jose, Ramon Ayala, Los Cadetes. Um, <clears throat> as for my mom, she would play the love stuff, you know, Los Caminantes, Los Temerarios, you know, uh, Los Bukis, Los Jonics. Right. So, um, yeah, I got, I got a taste of a, a lot of different Mexican music. Yeah. That's all they listen to. They didn't listen to no rock, no oldies. My parents are straight from the rancho, you know what I'm saying? So all they listened to was Chente, Ramon Ayala, with my uncles getting drunk. That's all I would <laughs> listen to and shit. I wouldn't listen sure. to anything well, else. Well, that's the key. start crying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so, so, uh, um, so, your mom and dad would pretty much play the same thing, uh, all Spanish music. All Spanish. Uh, now, did you ever like that music? The corridos, yeah, I don't know, uh, temerarios and all that, not really. You know, now I have producers that have flipped some of those songs, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I love it now. But right. as far as uh, me listening to that, now nah, I would listen more to Ramon Ayala, Los Cadetes, everything my dad would listen to pretty much, because right. he would play the guitar and the accordion too. So, oh, see, that was dope. See, my dad used to write songs, but never played anything. Oh. So it's kind of like me, I produced songs, but never really played anything. I played just good enough where my musician could kind of put together what I was trying to play. Right. And then he'll come in and do it. So now, uh, well, um, growing up in my, my house, my dad would play like more like Los Panchos. Right. And my mom would play more like Juan Graviel. Okay. You know? So I liked both, right. you know, and I still do, you know, um, and my dad, of course, introduced me to a lot of black and white Spanish movies, you know, whether it be, uh, Pedro Infante, Jorge oh, yeah, Vente, yeah, of course, you know, and those, those type of guys. And my mom would always take us to the uh, over here. We had a uh, movie theater called Cine Granada where we would watch all the Spanish movies, Jorge Rivero and Cantinfla movies or whatever. Oh, resortes. <laughs> yes, exactly, bro. Yeah, exactly. So, around what age would you say you started listening or you started? Uh, liking or who was the first or what was the first rap group that you you know that caught your ear que te agarró la atención uh, I'd have to say well the first I think the first person that I ever saw or heard rap was my homeboy Night Out from my neighborhood okay um, he was doing neighborhood raps and um, I would go to his house and he would just be there with Sandman and Sandman be putting a beat on and this would be spinning and I was like oh man that shit's cool and you gotta remember I was six seven years old yeah um, but I think the day it got embedded in my head was when I saw my dad write a song for my uncle that passed away. Okay. Uh, he wrote a corrido for him and he did the whole boombox press record and record himself playing it. Oh, wow. So he did that because I mean, he didn't have no studio. So he, he did that to record it so he can show his wife and my, you know, my uncle's wife and my grandma and everybody. And they were like, oh shit, that's just cool. You know? So I was like. All right, kept that in my head, and then later on, I kept seeing that do his thing, and and that thing just motivated me to to want to fiddle with music. You know what I'm saying? And then at the age of nine, my dad took me to Disneyland by himself because my mom was working, and that's when I uh, when I got back, I wrote a song about going to Disneyland with my dad. Really? Rest in peace. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's awesome, man. That I was nine awesome. years old. 
That's awesome. You know, it's funny because uh, how you said that that was a good, you wrote a song about an awesome memory. I once saw a movie where this one guy, Kit wanted to show another guy his coin collection. And the guy finally, at the end of the movie said, okay, tell me, show me your stupid coin collection. And he said, this quarter right here, my dad gave me when he bought me an ice cream and this was his change. And he had a story for each coin. Wow. You know, this this 15 cents, we went to a baseball game and I bought a hot dog and this was the change. That, so I kept it, that's you dope. know. So that's a, that kind of reminded me of, so I know it means something yeah. personal to you. So uh, now, uh, so Nada, would you say was an early influence? Uh, when you began to, if you will, discover or uh, look into different rap or listening on the radio, who were other rappers as you were growing up that you heard on the radio that you say, I like that, I, I like this guy, I like his flow or? You know, it was some old school cats like Kumo D. Okay. You know, um, uh, of course Houdini, you know, but then I started seeing the Easy es and the Dr. Dre's, MC Ren, and then, you know, Frost came out. And then I was like, okay, yeah, this okay. is the shit. Okay, now, um, do you, now you wrote that song for your dad. Do you know around what age that you decided to take a serious or at least somewhat serious? You know, let me just go ahead and start writing. Well, the funny part is, so check this out. I was in this group called Negative Behavior. Okay. I was around 13, 14, and 15 years old when I was with my boy GPA, another San Diego legend. Shout out to my boy GPA. And it was GPA, Brown, Double M, and myself. And of course, I was the youngest of the bunch. I was 13, 14. These guys were 18, 19, 20, already grown up, you know? And um, yeah, we had negative behavior. We, ha we had this professional producer that at the end of the day, you know, effed us and took our money. And we recorded a, a song. We never got the, the files for it. And it was just crazy. Anyways, make a long story short. They snuck me into a 16 and older cl club uh -huh. to perform. After I got off stage, they kicked us out because my voice was so squeaky. They figured out that I wasn't 16, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So they kicked us out. And then um, after that, at 15 was when, when I, uh, I was almost gonna turn 16. And um, I decided to buy a beat from Steve Vicious. Okay. And wrote Till I Die. Okay, now, uh, uh but back to my question, from a young age, who other than Kumo D, so you, it was Kumo D, Easy E, uh, La Raza, all those people. Mm -hmm. Was there anyone that you can actually say, man, that, you know, other than maybe a night out who was an early influence that you could say, wow, that's the style that I love, or that's the style that, I, was there ever one rapper that stood out to you the most? Nah, you know why? Because there was so many, there were so many good rappers back then. Like you know, you had Dougie Freshes, right? You know what I'm saying. So I would, I would listen to different genres, different types of rap, and I would ask my mom to buy me the tape in TJ, okay, and bring them back because they were like two, three dollars in TJ. You come over here, they're ten dollars. So you, you know, she bring me three or four of them instead, and right, and I would just listen to that. The Fat Boys, remember the Fat Boys? Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I was listening to everything. You know right. what I'm saying? I was listening to. I mean, I don't know if there was gangster back then. It was just, right. you know, rap. Right. You, you know, the reason why I asked that is because back then there there wasn't uh, two rappers that sounded alike. Nah. Everyone was different. And that's why I was wondering if there was one that stood out to you the most. Because today, sad to say, everybody sounds the same. East Coast had their sound. 
the south hatters down the west coast hatters down you were able to tell that's a down south beat yeah that's an east coast beat that's a west coast beat today everyone sounds the same you're like where is he from <laughs> you know the thing is that when i tell people to submit their music yeah i'll be honest with you if it doesn't hit me within the first 30 seconds i skip okay and one thing i've noticed if i listen to 50 songs in one day from the from the songs that people submit i will say this that the uh, many of them sound the same what i look for is different right i look for something different i don't look for you to be better than somebody else i right. just want you to be different right you know uh, uh, but a lot of artists are trying to wrap the same with what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, I remember when Crunk came out, everybody, we got, we need to do Crunk, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but I remember there was even some Mexican dudes that uh, were trying to do Crunk in Spanish. And so, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, so now you bought your first beat, you wrote that song. What was your next move as far as? industry is concerned did you say let me press it up on vinyl let me press it up on cassette let me give it away let me sell it you know the whole the whole way it happened was like a freak accident bro like i told steve vicious i want the baddest makeover of more bounce to the ounce and atomic dog mixed together okay so a week later he shot me till i die the beat the instrumental and my boy little one from San Diego, had his own style, which was the spooky kind of, you know, uh -huh. rap. Nido had his own kind of gangster rap. And I was like, well, how can, I, how can I come out and be different? You know what I'm saying? So that's when I took it and I spit it and I did it like nobody had ever done it before. So that song I recorded on a Sunday. Now you go to a radio station, everything's closed. I didn't know that because I was fucking 15. I was about to be 16. Right. And I, I said, you know what? I like this song so much. Let's go to the radio station. My homeboy Hitman from my neighborhood, which was driving me around. Uh, he said, fuck it, let's go. So we went on a Sunday around three or four in the afternoon to the radio station, Z90. Knocked on the door. Parking lot's empty. One DJ comes out. Oh, dog, I can't let you in because I'm going to get fired. Come back Monday through Friday during business hours. I was like, oh, come on, homie. Just let me show you this real quick. Right. Oh, no, I can't, bro. I'll get fired. Cool. So I turn around. I'm, I'm we're driving out of the parking lot. And a minivan's pulling in from the radio station. Uh -huh. So my boy goes, hey, fuck it. Let's go hit him up. I was like, all right. So you got to take it. I, I'm I'm fucking 16 years old, 44 at Dickies in a tank top. Like, banged the fuck out. That's probably why this dude didn't let me in the office. Right. So, so I, I hit up this lady. I knock on the door, and this lady just walked in. And then she opens it and she goes, oh, I said, she goes, how can I help you? I said, can you listen to this? I need one minute of your time. He goes, oh, no, sorry. I can't let you win. You got to come back Monday through Friday, blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, I said, just one minute. You know what I mean? Just one minute. She goes, give me one second. She had a box in her hand. She went inside, dropped it off, came back. She said, one minute. Cool. She let me in the, in the radio station. She goes, that first door on your right, go in there and sit down. That's my office. I didn't even know this, but at the time, this was Lisa Vasquez, the program director of the fucking radio station. Wow. She had came back to fill out some paperwork for Monday. Hmm. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even know what a program director was. I just knew that I was in this big ass office. The whole fucking wall was a sound system. And she popped it in. I'm sitting like this. She's sitting over there. She turns around. And, and this is a cassette? Yeah. No, it's a CD now. Okay. CDR. So she fucking throws it in. First verse goes in. Hook comes in. And me and my boy Hitman were like, 
Spock, we're just taking everything in, you know, like never right. been in a professional place. So, excuse me, she goes, who wrote this? I said, I wrote it. Who's on it? I said, me. Who made the beat? Steve Vicious. She goes, okay, well, check it out. You have, she said, one minute to call whoever you want and tell them you're going to be on the radio after commercial. She didn't even know my name. Wow. Yeah, and after that, I called. Uh, oh, she left the office. Me and my homie hit, man. We're fucking high-fiving like little girls and all happy and shit, almost crying. It was like, hurry up, fool. Call your mom. Call him. We were calling everybody. Put down Z90. Put down Z90. And sure enough, she comes back and she takes me in the in the in the console room where yeah. the DJ's at. Same DJ comes out and he looks at me like, "What the fuck? How, what's he doing in here?" So Lisa Vasquez introduces me to him and she goes, "What's your name again?" I go, "Oh, oh I'm Shadow. I just said that's my neighborhood name, you know, Jose." And my, my boy's like, "Oh, I'm Manny Lopez, you know, this is Jose." And so we introduce each um, ourselves to them. And then she goes, okay, well, after commercial, I want you to introduce my San Diego very own, Mr. Shadow. And play the song and blah, interview and blah, blah. So he still has this look like of disbelief. Like, how the fuck? Why? Well, who are you? What are yeah. you doing here, you know? So we sit down. He plays the song. The fucking phone lines light up. They start asking, like, who is this? Where can I buy it? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm in shock, bro. Like... I just came from the hood to the studio to the station, and now I'm I'm on the radio, you know. Right. So, after that happens, she goes after after you guys do your thing, come back into my office. I want to talk to you. At the time, she had lighter shade of brown. Okay. They were promoting their Greenside album, and they were doing like a five city tour. It started in TJ, then it went to a Central. Anyways, make a long story short, she said, "How would you like to open up for lighter shade of brown for the little tour that they're doing?" I'm like, "What?" Well, the first show is this Saturday. TJ, Club Vibe. What? I don't have no material. What do you want me to perform? That song right there. Shit. Cool. So, yeah. They fucking sent the big-ass radio station bus to my mom's apartment to pick me up. Light a shit of brown was in the back. We crossed the border in it. I felt like a superstar, dog. Like, and um, that same night, I was performing. Is when I met Little Rob. Mm. And then we got each other's numbers. He hit me up. The rest is history. About what year was this? 96. 96. Okay, first of all, let me say this. That's an amazing story, bro. Okay, because it showed um, perseverance. It showed persistence that you believed in yourself, you know, and all you asked was for one minute. And I'm sure it probably would have been crushing if they would have said, it's a piece of shit. Oh, it was a it was a break. It was a make or break moment. Right. I, told, I told myself that and I told my boy too, look, look, dog, they say no. That's it. We'll keep it as a fucking song that I did. But if something good happens, right, we're running with it. That's dope, man. I love to. I, let me tell you something, man. One thing that makes me different about other people is that I like to see people win. Okay, and I love especially to see Rasa win. Right. Okay, and to hear stories like that, bro. This is why <clears throat> we created this so that people can share and encourage and uplift other people that have dreams just like yourself right. that believe in themselves not to give up and you know what uh, uh look for that one opportunity if it doesn't happen keep going yeah. you know i always encourage people that you know it's okay to to, to have a to, if you're going to dream dream big but at least have some talent to back up that dream right. you know the bad thing is when guys just want to rap what we end up doing is that we end up flooding the market with a bunch of guys that are not talented 
You know what we need more guys at working for HBO, working for Showtime, working for fucking ESPN, working for Netflix. So when guys like us or other Raza that are talented in this music industry, go to them with documentaries, with videos or with music, we're already there to open the door for our people. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and I don't mean to discourage people not to rap, but you know what? Make sure that we flood the market with talent. Right. So, yeah. anyways, so now you start doing shows around how, around how old were you at this time again? 16. 16 years old. Damn. I was the youngest in the game, period. Like, from San Diego to LA that was making the noise, I was the youngest one out of all of them. Like I said, when I met little Rob, he was already 22, 21, 22. I was 16. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had a lot of hate from a lot of grown-ass men right. because I surpassed them in the little amount of time that I was doing it, and they've been out for years, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, but it is what it is. You know, you, you know, you know I want to say something. And there are people, yes, especially sad to say, I won't rasa that will hate on us because they see us doing good. They see us, they see us uh, if you will, climbing the ladder. So they'll hate, okay? I've never understood that, man. Huh. Anybody that I help, anyone if i believe in their talent and their gift i want to help them and i'm gonna tell you why i want to help them because i want them to surpass everything or if anything i've ever accomplished i want you to go farther right and then what i want you to do i want you to help the next man to go farther that's what we should be doing instead of fucking throwing dirt at you exactly you know i've never understood that and i still don't and that's why i want to try to create uh, this I I created this platform to open up doors so that we can now have a voice and speak and and help and unite people instead of hey man can you just imagine if we all just got together and you know we're already a majority yes you know what I'm saying so if if we really stuck together like all these other races do <laughs> the sky ain't, ain't even a limit you know what I mean it's yes we're we're past that bro like it's it's, it's incredible what we can accomplish Absolutely. if that happened and it's happening yes it's happening you know what i'm saying so um i just we just gotta keep pushing yes absolutely keep pushing and we have a voice and we're gonna use it now you're on the bus z90 you know it's funny because i know i did a um an interview for them back in the day with high c and them and i think i still may have a, a bumper stickers when they used to give us bumper stickers yeah i, I believe i still have that uh uh now you get on stage up to this point have you ever performed before never wow never okay now tell me about that feeling bro aside from the butterflies in my stomach pomp sweaty not knowing whether to look at the crowd look at the floor look at the ceiling you know what i'm saying like i didn't know shit from shit right i looked to my homeboy him and like he's like talk do your thing <laughs> all right fuck it so yeah, they 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 put the they put the song on. I came out there, I spit the whole song, and they were like, "What the fuck was this?" And that's when, little Rob actually came out when, when I came out come, came off stage. He's like, "Hey homie, that was super dope." You know what I'm saying? Like, because it was something that they, they never heard. Right. And that fucking song is to this day is one of my biggest songs. Really? Mm -hmm. And you wrote that at 16? I was about to turn 16. Then okay. It came out when I was 16. And and um, on your next show, did you still feel the same way? Uh, how long do you think it took to get rid of those butterflies and those well, sweaty hands? I was performing that one song right for about a year. One song, people were booking me for one song 
just off of this Till I Die song, dog. Right. I was getting booked in car shows in El Centro. I was on this tour with them. It was just crazy. Like this, th that song is what set everything off. That was, wow. That was the one, and I was performing that. And then once the album came out, then I made a show tape, and you wow. know what I mean. But before that, I was just performing one song. And then, as a matter of fact, as I was recording the album, and I was on tour with Ladis and Brown. Right. Me and ODM did a song called 61909. Well, that song was written in the hotel room while we were waiting to go to the car show to perform. I was writing in my room, had my door open, you know what I'm saying? And he was walking by, he heard the beat, walked into my room. He's like, well, what's up, Shadow? He's like, what's up, Don't let me get on this. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Started writing it, we wrote it right there. We wrote the hook right there. When we came back to, Cal to, to San Diego and he went back to Corona, he drove to San Diego to Steve Vicious studio to drop with me. I was 16 years old. And you got to remember, this is somebody I listened, I was growing up listening yeah, to. Yeah. I was like, damn, ODM's like, like he sees something, you know what I mean? He wouldn't have drove down here if I was like whack or some shit, you right, know? Right, right. So we did the song and that song is dope. 61909 is called. Dope, dope. Okay. I want you to uh, hold that thought. We're going to be back and we're going to talk about a little controversial subject that everybody wants to know. Uh, and um, we're going to touch on that. But meanwhile, since we were talking about unity, yeah, I want to touch on something that's controversial, but I think it'll be beneficial to us if we have an open mind and we really think about what I'm about to say. So, John, put me on this camera right here, please. Okay. I've been receiving a lot of emails, a lot of DMs, and a lot of inboxes, uh, a lot of comments on YouTube. Am I ever going to interview a Norteño rapper? Okay. Um, or are you only going to interview a Sureños? That's what that's what they ask me. I, I don't comment, you know, because people want to get into a debate. I'm not going to do that, but I will address it here. First of all, I'm going to say this. I don't interview Sureños and I don't interview Norteños. But what I do interview is artists. That's what I interview. This is... Uh, I don't want to bring that Sureño, Norteño element to Rodian Radio. I want to interview people that are gifted and people that are talented. I don't, I will never judge someone because of their geographical location because they live up north. Me saying that, I have booked already some people that do live up north and that are, uh, are artists and they eventually in 2020 will be on this show. So I want to get rid of the whole, are you only interviewing Sureños or Norteños? I interview artists. I need to make myself clear, okay? If you're gifted and you're talented and you're dope, that's fine. Um, uh, now, before we go to commercial, I need to uh, take care of one more thing. Somebody asked me, well, you know what? One of the biggest rappers from up north is Sir So-and-so, okay? I won't mention his name. So I asked this individual, I said, well, have you ever heard his music? And he said this. Now, I don't listen to Norteño rap. That's what he told me. And I said, okay, you don't. And he goes, no, I don't. And I said, okay, isn't it funny? Because they live up north, you won't play their music. But yet, you have other rappers that live up north from a different ethnicity. Like a Too Short, like a Rapping Forte, like a E-40, like Digital Underground, uh, like a Spice One. You, you don't have any problem bumping them. But when it comes to our raza, because they live up north, 
No, we don't listen to them. We don't support them. I, want, I really want you to think about that, okay? Because I want to do away with all of that. You know, many of you guys don't have a problem going to an Oakland Raiders game, and that's up north. You guys don't have a problem going up to a San Francisco 49ers game, and that's up north. You guys don't have any of that problem, but when it comes to our raza, because they live up north, you know, we, we don't play them. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I don't do that, okay? And I don't play like that. If you're talented... I don't care where you stay at, man. If you want to come on Rodeo Radio, send me your music, and if me and my team, team agree, then you're going to be on this show. So once again, we'll be back in about 10 minutes. Text somebody, call somebody, let them know that Mr. Shadow from San Diego is in the building, and we will be back after this break. Yo, we're back. Rodeo Radio, episode 20 with Mr. Shadow in the building. Came all the way from the city of San Diego. I want to show love and respect to San Diego. I used to love going to San Diego. Of course, you got to go through San Diego just to um, get to TJ. You know, you go to TJ for the tacos de vapor, <laughs> los coteles de camarones, and then you go to the strip bars, the, the, the nudie bars out there in TJ, man. <laughs> yes. But now we're back with my boy, Shadow. So now, um, you had a group, if I'm correct, uh, Mayhem Click. Mayhem Click. Mayhem Click. Uh, uh, when did that start? That actually started with me and Little Rob. Okay, you that and was, Little Rob. That was uh, Till I Die, the album uh -huh. was actually supposed to be Shadow and Little Rob, a.k.a. the Mayhem Click. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, and um, and about how old were you at this time again? With, with 16. This, 16. So, damn. That's dope, man. So, who came up with the idea of you guys coming together and... You know, doing the main was it like it wasn't it wasn't a thought of thing. I mean, he just hit me up. We started vibing every day, like every day. I'm talking. I'm not gonna call him my best friend, but damn near. He was, you know, right. Like he was with me every fucking day, and um, we just said, you know what, let's let's do an album together. So after I did till I die, I started recording songs with him because we were gonna make the Mayhem Click album, right? But then we had a fallout. Okay. So then I finished the album by myself. Okay. And I released every song that I had with him because I paid for it. So okay, now yeah. now these shows that you were doing with Z ninety when you were doing a lot of Shader Brown, yeah, were they promotional or were you getting paid already? I wasn't getting paid. I wasn't getting paid. They were they were paying for my expenses, right? But I wasn't getting paid yet. Okay, okay. Yeah. But you know what? That's all about part of paying dues, right? You know, and one thing a lot of these artists today don't realize that you did have to do a lot of stuff like that. I rem I remember I was on tour. Me and High C were getting paid. And Cypress Hill on the first album was still on a promotional tour. They were not getting paid, right. but you know they had already went gold. They already sold five hundred thousand copies and still doing free shows. Shit, like I mean, High crazy. C, you know, are not up there with a Cypress Hill, but right. we were already getting paid. It just all depends. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, so now, obviously, the million dollar question: uh, You did this song. How and when did you come up with the name Mister Shadow? Well, Shadow was just the neighborhood name. And, okay. And Lisa Vasquez put Mister on it that day. She just said <laughs> promote, you know, present him as Mister San Diego's very own Mister Shadow. Okay. And then we just kept it. Now, okay. Now, let, 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 I'm asking you for me. <clears throat> Why Shadow? Darkest one in the bunch. Makes sense. <laughs> okay. He, you know what's funny? Because uh, okay, like my mom was a very dark woman, and my mm -hmm. dad uh, was a very like white looking dude with blue eyes, but right. they're both from Mexico. Okay. Right. Uh, I had I have 
nephews and nieces, many of them came out dark, okay? And whenever I would bring my black friends over, my mom would call like her grandkids, you know, Adelet Negro, you know, <laughs> the, the dark one. Right, right. My black friends thought that they, she was calling him the N-word. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of hard explaining that to a black person when a Mexican person or a family member calls you Negro, vente, you oh, know. Prieto, Negro, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's different. It doesn't mean the N-word, you know. Right. But uh, anyway, so you got Shadow, you got added Mr. Shadow, which is uh, dope name, you know. Now, was there ever any other Shadow that came out rapping? No. Nah. No, because you know how sometimes the neighborhoods, uh, there's a guy named Chibo and there's another guy yeah, named yeah. Chibo, they got to fight for that damn name. Nah, luckily, no, no other Shadow wanted to rap. Okay, okay. <laughs> Later on, some, some white dude named DJ Shadow out in, I don't know where he's from, but not no other Shadow from no neighborhood. Okay, now, here is the uh, the question that I need to ask because, you know, Rasa loves cheese, man. <laughs> so let's give it to him. All right. Okay, you were doing the Mayhem click with uh, Little Rob. Right. And you said that there was a fallout. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that fallout about? Uh, it was over a girl. Okay. It was over a girl. I mean, and out of respect for him and out of respect for my wife, you know, I'm going to keep it short. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, his girl was traveling. I called him to let him know. He accused me of doing such. So then I said, oh, that's what you're going to appreciate me with? So now I'm going to fucking prove to you that you were wrong. Right. You know, so, yeah. Okay. That was but, that. And, and, you know, not respect that. You touched on it, and that's it. If people want more, you know what? That's all you're going to get. But just so the people know, though, I didn't egg this shit on. This shit was brought to me. I told the homie what was going on. He chose not to believe me and accuse me. So. Well. That was that. I thought he was going to be like, what? And check homegirl, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, check his girl. Like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. I knew it. You Like, what the fuck? Right. That's the thanks I get. I'm trying to be a good homie and brother, you know what I mean? But whatever. Bring it to your table. It is what it is, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we've we seen each other, you know what I mean? We, uh, you know, shook hands, hugged it out. That was that. Right. Okay. Um, You know, I, I had a similar story, and I brought it up to one of my good friends, and I, I told him, I said, hey, man, uh, I got something to tell you. What do you think I should do? And I'll make this short. I said... One of my homies, his girl made a pass at me several times. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to what you're saying. And uh, I go, I want to know, should I tell him? Because he was older than me. And he said, if you consider him a good friend, let him know. Mm -hmm. Because uh, she might have done that with somebody else before or going to do it after. Yeah. You know, so at least let him know what kind of girl <clears> he's dealing <throat> with. Let me say this. I told him and he never spoke to me again. And it's been over 25 years. And he never spoke to me again. Yeah, you know. know. So. It is what it is. Yeah. So we'll leave it there. Yeah. Okay. So now, um, usually when, I, when I'm about to interview somebody, I yeah. usually like to do my homework on the person. Okay. I looked up uh, whether there be blogs, whether there be comments, whether there be, you know, things that people post up on social media. Yeah. There was supposedly a beef with a guy named Diablo. You know, you yeah. care to touch on that? Yeah, I'll touch on it only because a lot of fans in Mexico, especially in Mexico, you know, I mean, they're 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 super they're super on on that subject, you know. Yeah. And they choose sides over there, like over there, they either love you or they hate you. And his fans don't like me, and my fans don't like his. So 
But the funny part is that the whole batalla beef that people think was, it was all fabricated. Okay. This was fabricated by a producer. I'm not going to put any names out. Yeah. But this producer took... He had vocals from Diablo Sessions, uh -huh. and he had vocals from Shadow Sessions in Spanish. So I don't know, for whatever fucking reason, he felt the need to take my verses and his verses. And since we're always, you know, it's not it's not so much talk, talking shit, but we're directing something. If the shoe fits, wear it. Right. So he took my verses. He took his verses and made it seem like he was answering me. I was answering him. Not for once, not one time did we sit down and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to write a verse and say, fuck this fool. We never had that beef. If you listen to those verses and you go back and listen to El Profeta or you go listen to Mr. Shadow, um, Soy Mexicano, Cuida Tus Pasos, you're going to hear the same verses. Just so you fools know, that shit was fabricated. It was fabricated. All fabricated. Me and that fool never had beef. We never had beef like that to where we were going at each other. That shit was all fabricated. Okay. And and uh, did you ever try to clear it up with him? Oh, we bumped into each other in Denver. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? And he made it clear. There's no beef. There's He don't want nothing. He, <laughs> he, has, he has problems with other people around me, yeah. just like everybody else. You know what I mean? People don't like my brother, little one, you know, for whatever reason. People don't like Night Out for whatever reason. Those are still my brothers. I'm still going to fucking talk to them. Give right. a fuck what they think or feel. You feel me? I'm a grown-ass man. The, yes. the, the minute these people start paying my bills, and even if they paid my bills, they ain't going to fucking tell me who to who to talk to and who not to talk to. I mean, these are my people that I grew up with. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has their own personal opinion. So be it. I'm going to talk to whoever the fuck I want. Dope. Dope. I like that, man. I like that because you know what? Uh, you know, we cannot, we can't allow what people think about us or people say about us dictate how we live our lives yeah you know what i'm saying because guess what i'm still going to get up the next morning i don't have to go to work i'm still going to eat my huevos estrellados you know <laughs> i'm still going to do whatever read comments laugh and yeah. giggle yeah, there's course. people that come on here that subscribe to my page just to come on here and talk shit <laughs> and i welcome them i actually find that shit very hilarious Those are the ones that love you yeah <laughs> i get emails on people how i should run my show what I should wear, stop wearing the same hats, that type of, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. whatever. One day I was going to trip everybody out, come out here in the G-string and the trench coat and heels, okay? See what they say then. Yeah, exactly. Con una pinche peluca, you know, bro. But anyways, uh, so now, we, we got over the Little Rob, the Diablo. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Because I've been talking to Little Rob, and... Uh, He's agreed to come, and if possible, if I can get you two guys here in the same room, would you be down? Hell yeah. Bring them right now. Dope. Yeah, dog. Like, I got no hate in my heart for any man, any man, anybody. You know what I mean? Like, after I had my stroke, I, I look at life different now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, nah, man, bring them. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know, you know why I say that? Because I'll be honest with you, man. I believe in unity. I really, really do. You know, I think we as a Rasa beef more with each other than any other ethnicity around it, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like that boo, fuck that lame, fuck that fucking leva, fuck that punk. Se cree mucho este puto. You know, and that's the way we see it as. You know, a, a, a mentor of mine that he passed away, may he rest in peace, uh, he, he grabbed a hold of me when I was a young cat, okay? Because he would see the anger 
that I had in my heart towards people when I was a young cat. Mm-hmm. And he told me one day, he said, you need, you need to get rid of that anger because once it settles in, it's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse right. and worse and worse. He yeah. said, you're going to live a short life. Mm-hmm. And that's what he told me. Okay. I was maybe 21, 22 at the time. And I'm 51. Thank God for that. Okay. And one day I just said, you know, what a smart ass attitude. Fuck the world. You know, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck? Fuck them. That was my whole attitude. Right. And he said, you know what, Tony, if you would just stick your hand out, he said, if you would just stick your hand out, you'll be surprised how many people would shake it. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something, man. My whole way of thinking changed when he told me that. And I've carried it on to till today. Oh. There could be somebody that maybe I'm thinking in my head, it doesn't like me. So I'd walk up to him, man, how you doing? And then come to find out that he's one of the most humblest, nicest fucking guys. But my dumbass, with my pre- preconceived ideas of what I thought about him right. was totally wrong. You Assuming, know? yeah. Yeah, so because, yeah, exactly, I assume. So if I can help unite our people to come together, work, move forward, and help others, then I feel that I've accomplished something. Yeah. So, and yeah, um, and, and again, if you bring him, if you, if you were to work a record with me and him, you would have the biggest fucking song of the year. I, I, I absolutely believe it. Say that one more time, brother. I, like I said, that. if you were to work a record with me and him on it together, you would have the biggest record of the year. I, I, I you know what? I believe it, and I'm going to get right on it. So, little Rob, expect a call from me. Okay. Hey, hold on. I got, I got to touch on this because everybody's saying I'm cracked out and I'm moving a lot. <laughs> and you know why? Because I haven't smoked, motherfuckers. I'm in here putting up with this for you. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you know, I'd have a blunt in my hand right now, but. Don't trip. I'm not on crack. <laughs> uh, now, 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 let me say this. Uh, you mentioned that you had, uh, was it a stroke? Yeah. Well, when did this happen, man? In 2009. It happened in my sleep when I was 30 years old. I had neurosurgeons, neurologists, doctors tell me they don't know why or how it happened. I'm in one and I don't know how many millions. Wow. When I got released from the hospital, I had no medication, no strict diet, nothing. Wow. They don't know why or how. It just happened in my sleep. Wow. And, and how did you know you had one? You just didn't wake up or okay? Nah, well, so I have acid reflux. Okay. So in the mornings, I'm used, I was used to throwing up acid. You know what I'm saying? I just thought it was one of those mornings. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to smoke a bowl. I'll be all right. Yeah. That's my fucking medicine for everything. You know, smoke <laughs> a bowl. I'll feel better. So I smoked the bowl and, and, and I went to bed. I tried to eat, you know, saltine crackers with seven up and shit. Of course. I couldn't keep it down. You know what I'm saying? So threw that up. Started getting the cold sweats. And then uh, the next morning, my balance was gone. I couldn't balance. I felt like a teeter-totter. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, I still said, fuck it. You know what? I'm probably catching the flu or some virus or some shit. I'm just going to fucking smoke and I'll be all right. Cool. Like, you got to win now. Yeah, of course. So I I dealt with it. And then uh, make a long story short, I waited till Monday morning. And that's because my wife told me, she she said, you know what? I'm taking you in because my shit was drooped like this. Oh, shit. My hips was numb and it was drooping and the shit. I looked like a fucking, like a monster. And my whole, it, it seemed like somebody drew a line like this down my face. And this whole side was numb. My eye was getting dry because it wasn't blinking. My nostril wouldn't move. My nose wouldn't move. It felt like I got injected with Novocaine. And it was fucked up. It was a fucked up feeling, dog. Wow. So then my girl said, you know what? You're having a stroke. We're going in. So... She took me in. As soon as they put the cuffs on my arms, my fuck, I got chicken arms like this. 
My body went into fucking shock. They threw me on a gurney, put my ass in the ICU. Wow. Threw me in the scanner and said, you, you suffered a major stroke. Aneurysm that caused you to have a stroke. Wow. You know, today, it's funny you said it, your face dropped. I guarantee you some mumble rapper bastard would probably use that as his album cover. <laughs> I guarantee you somebody <laughs> would. Now we know why he mumble raps. But right. <laughs> anyways, uh, um, so, oh, you know what? I, I wanted to bring up something that me and Night Owl talked about. Much love to uh, respect to my boy Night Owl. Yeah, what's pinche up to my bro. Hell yeah. uh, uh, Me and him, we always, we're always talking about Pozole for some reason. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. he told me to ask you about you wrecking his car. Oh, fuck. Really? He wants me to go there? Yes, yes. He goes, pregúntale, pregúntale. Ah, trip out. How old was I? I think he said 13. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah, right before I had got locked. Yeah. Because see, when I got caught with that strap... I don't know if you told you, but it was it was no. with him. I actually, okay. took the rap for his ass, and he'll okay. tell you I didn't snitch. Yeah, I put the the, the the strap under my seat. Cop asked me whose it was. It was mine. Yeah, right. Tell me whose it is. Tell me whose it is, little homie. Fuck you. I didn't tell him shit. They took me to juvie. Anyways, um, we were coming back from Johnny J's house. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, it was a Halloween party. I man, that time I met. I was thirteen years old. I met Sir Jinx. I met. I slept on the futon that Tupac slept on. I met Johnny J, rest in peace, his wife, Capuchin, their kids. We stayed at Johnny J's house for a few days out in Palmdale when he used to live out there. Uh, so we were, we're coming back. It's like, what, like two in the morning? Because this fool has to work at six. Yeah. So he's trying to sleep on. I have never driven before. He says, hey, fool, just fucking drive. I was like, okay. I got it behind the wheel. I couldn't even see over the wheel, dog, because it was a big-ass Continental and shit. A Thunderbird, a big-ass... So you were 13 years old. You never drive, and he said, just drive. Yeah, so I, so I get in that shit, <laughs> and I'm fucking swerving. I get on the freeway. Once I get on the freeway, and I got the hang of it. All right, cool. We're coasting. But I was fucked up myself. You know what I mean? We were drinking and shit, smoking. And um, Okay, let, let me say this again. You were 13 years old. You never drove, and he said, just drive. Yeah. He was that fucked up. <laughs> Pinche tecolote. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe you. So check this out. We're driving down the fucking five. And somewhere down the line, I fell asleep. And I fucking hit the side of a Greyhound bus. And I fucking woke up. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't pull over. The bus started to pull over. I was like, hell no. I stepped on it. Took off. Vámonos. Me borré. And then we got to San Diego. This who got off his car. He dropped me off. He went home. I didn't say nothing. And then the next, <laughs> the next morning, I go to his house and I look at his fender. That shit's like fucking. The fender's all scrunched with the big ass tire mark and the <laughs> the the, the, the trim pieces like hanging off to the side, all crazy. I was like, oh shit! I said, damn, should I fucking even come to knock on this fool's door? So once I fucking get to his house, I was like, hey, you little fucker, what you do to my car? I was like, nothing, fool. What are you talking about? Make a long story short, yeah, I crashed his car on the freeway coming back from Johnny J's house when I was thirteen. And um, I didn't want to tell him, but he found out. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Man, those are just some of the fucking stories. I got stories with my bro Uno, too. Man, little one's a nut. Uh-huh. But, yeah, from shooting at his ex-girlfriends to just crazy shit. <laughs> on the freeway, dog. We would see this person. Shooting at his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. On the freeway. Wow. Yeah. Shit. What did she do? Two, three in the morning. I don't know, dog. Sometimes he used to say, hey, watch out, dog. I just go like this and that for it was crazy. It was fun, though. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I want to say it was 1991. We were in Texas. Uh, DJ Quick, second to none, AMG, high C. 
and we started doing shows together. Houston, Texas had a club called the Palladium. Like eight years later, I went back and uh, it was funny. When we performed that night, it was all, the crowd was all black, okay? I was probably like the only Chicano in there, okay? Right. They, they probably thought I worked there or janitor because they kept asking me, are you lost? <laughs> you know? That's so, like... but, but I was DJing, okay? Right. Seven years later, or eight years later, I went back with Mellow, and that was the same club, the Palladium in Houston, Texas, but it was all banda now. Oh, it was crazy, like we took over, yeah. okay? But that was the first year, the first time I met Bushwick Bill, may rest in no, peace, rest in okay? Peace, yeah. Bushwick Bill, uh, they were asking him, how did he lose his eye? And he started saying the whole story, but when he lost me, it was when he said he beat his chick's ass with a vacuum. What? Just so I'm thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he just like, you know, so yeah, but a vacuum. <laughs> so when you said he started shooting at his girl, it's like the first thing that the fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. anyways, man, crazy. So shit. you you put that put together that album, mm -hmm. okay? It comes out. How, how does it do? Uh, me and the homie Hitman were up and down the fucking freeways, and we sold fifty thousand out the trunk at seven dollars a piece. Seven dollars a piece. Wow. I was sixteen. And you know, and me being a good homie, because that's my older, that's my older homie, hit from, hit man from my neighborhood too, right? You know, what I mean, which is Night Owl's uncle, um, and you know, he did me the bottle of taking me to fucking different states, right. swap me shows, hustling. So I was like, you know what, dog? Whatever I get, homie, I'm gonna give you half. That's exactly what I did, dog. Yeah. So you know, he got half of that shit, and everywhere we went, that's what we did. We split the shit. Yeah. So you, you, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of fucking driving. That's a lot of gas. Yeah. And that's a lot of hustling. You know what, man? And I commend that, bro. And I that's why it, it it didn't it wasn't heavy hearted that I gave that that money. I was like, here, dog. Fuck. Let's go get the next fucking round of CDs and go sell some more. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was a good run. It was a good run. Much left to my homeboy Hitman. If it wasn't for him, I don't think Shadow would have existed. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, I like I like that you credit where credit is due. Um. So now the album drops. Uh, did you get any radio play with that album? I mean, with any other song? Just Till I Die. Okay. Till I Die was the only one that got radio play. Okay. So now, how long did that album, how long was it out before you decided, like, let me do another one? Well, I only had it for a year because then I got signed to Thump and Eastside. Okay. After that, they got wind of that and Bill called me. We went up for a meeting. And then they signed me for one with the two options. And that was my first, second, and third album. Okay. First, first second, and third album. Okay. How was your relationship with Bill Walker, man? <laughs> like everybody else's. You everybody know what I'm saying? Else. But it's like, just like when people don't like, you know, certain people that I talk to. Right. People talk shit about Bill all the time. I, I just seen him at uh, David Salas' studio in, okay. in Covina. I went to pick up my sound exchange, exchange check and he was there. I didn't even recognize him. He's he's so big and different looking. He's like, Shadow, what the fuck? Give me a big ass bear hug. And like I said, it was a learning experience for all of us. You know what I mean? Right. Some of them had an upper hand because they were already in the industry and right. took advantage of the younger us, you know what I mean? Or or not just the younger, but just the the whole genre in general, you know? So it is what it is, man. People had good experiences, bad experiences with them. You know, uh, okay. I met Bill Walker through uh, this this guy, Steve Yano. Okay, that's how I, how I met him. Right. Even to this day, I have yet to hear, and, and I'm not trying to paint an ugly picture of him, right. but a good story about him. <laughs> Nobody has a good, I'm looking for a good Bill Walker story. And, and here's the funny part. He calls me in one day. I want to say it was 99. He calls me. Hey, Tony, yeah, you know, I heard you're doing this, you're doing that. I've never done any business, you know, with him. 
And uh, I go, yeah, I, I got some music if you want to listen to it because I want to buy some tracks. I want to buy instrumental tracks. Do you, do you have any? I said, oh, okay, give me your office address, whatever, and I'll go. So I went to Thump Records, the only time I ever went. So uh, I give him a debt, you know, mm-hmm. digital audio tape. I right. give him a debt. He sits down. And before he sits down, I remember he goes like this. He goes, um, just to let you know, we don't pay very much around here. <laughs> Let me just get that out there real quick. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> we don't pay very much around here. And here's what I said. That's why. Well, you know what? And I took my dad back and I said, I, so I don't really work very much either then. <laughs> that's what I told him. Right. You know, he goes, well, at least let me listen to it. I go, well, if you don't pay very much, why am I even yeah. going to let you listen to it? Mm-hmm. He ended up buying one track off of me and uh, he bought it for 2500 And I told him, also write me a check for my writers. You can have it all. Because I knew what he was gonna do, and I would never see a royalty check. Right. So I said, give me a writer's check, you could have it all, and he did. That was the only business that I ever did with him. Uh, other than that, uh, everything that I've heard from other people was, you know, not yeah. good. Right. So now, um, did you ever get a manager to the point where he starts booking your shows, or did you do everything yourself? Well, I considered my homeboy Hitman my manager. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was the one, I was underage. You gotta remember, I was 16. Yes. So I, I needed legal representation of an adult. Right. And I didn't trust anybody but him. You know what I mean? That that fool was, I went and we, he, we, he read the contracts for me. He said yes, no. He was the one that would negotiate the CD sales or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So right. Pretty much what a manager would do, right? Yeah. So, and then, you know, once, once people started getting in my ear, once I started getting more and more money, and, you know, they say more money, more problems than it is. You know what I'm saying? So once they tell me, oh, the highest paid fucking manager gets 17% in the industry standard. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you giving them 50%? You know what I mean? And right, right. So then we had problems, whoop-de-whoop, whatever. But shit's crazy, man. Yeah. Now, you know, I was 21 when I signed my first major record deal, and I got a nice check, okay? I got a, actually multiple nice checks. Mm-hmm. Now, I was 21. I, I was about to turn 22. You were 16 making money. Okay, so you were a lot younger than me and you were already experiencing success. Do you feel that it could have been a little bit too much too soon for you at your age? It was. It was. I had no guidance in regards to financial shit. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, my parents never told me, like, hey, your credit is everything. You feel me? Right. Your, your fucking credit is your life. You know what I mean? Like, now I know that as a fucking grown up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't have that financial guidance. My parents, they were living check to check. My mom would work. My dad would work. You know, my dad would work two jobs. My mom would work fucking two jobs. And, and that's why I would be in the street so much because my dad would come home to sleep. My mom would go to work. So I was by myself. My dad was sleeping. So I'd go kick it with the homies and shit. I'd be over there fucking the dead end kicking it with the homies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or in Bayside or just getting into some kind of fucking trouble to where my mom would come home from work six, six in the afternoon. Where's Jose at? Oh, he's at Steeper Village on the skateboard and shit. But she first she had to look for me all my little right. homies' houses, you know what I mean? Right. But, but it was just it was just nobody told me, hey, there's a Merrill Lynch. Hey, there's a fucking, you know what I mean? You can go right. talk to these people and they'll fucking invest money and right. whatever. They didn't tell me about stocks. They didn't tell me about none of that shit, dog. Yeah. So it was a learning experience. No, it was a learning experience for me too, was because one of the first things that I went out and bought, uh uh Cadillac, put gold Dayton's on it, yeah, two thousand dollar sounds. Then I bought a van, and then I bought a Mercedes Benz, and I was I was making good money. I was making good money. I, I belonged to a good label. I was signed for seven years, so I'm thinking to myself, I'm living the life. It's never gonna go away. I'm in. 
or whatever. Of course, I made a lot of, uh, back then we didn't call them haters. We, there were people that were jealous, you know. I had multiple cars stolen, right. you know, and then come to find out later on that it was people that, always people that you know, mm-hmm. you know, that do, do the, these things, right. you know. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit too much too soon uh, uh, for me as well. I remember one of my older brothers, because I got five older brothers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of my older brothers said, hey, man, there's a new stock coming out you need to invest in. It's called Microsoft. That's what he told me, early 90s. And I was like, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a dumbass kid with money, and I'm thinking, what the fuck is Microsoft? Right. He goes, you may want to invest. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, uh, we'll see. I don't know, and I never did. You know, and I should have listened. Yeah. I should have had more. Uh, uh, I should have paid it more attention. We have, we have, we both have a lot of shoulda, wouldas. You know, yes, what I'm saying? yes. And, and we learned, and now yeah. we're, at least we, you know, thank God that we're still alive, bro, because many of us have done enough dirt, bro, that we should have been taken out a long time ago, bro. That's the reason I, I, I got married at 18. I didn't think I was in a C21. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the, I swear to God, that's the reason why I got married. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to see past 21. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I had my kids young, I got married young, but fuck, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So we're going to go go ahead and go to a break. And then when we come back, I'm going to talk about what is Shadow doing now? What can we expect from Shadow? I know you are with the Untouchables, yeah. uh, the album. We're going to talk about that and uh, other things that give you shout outs, whatever. Cool. Okay. So uh, once again, uh, call a friend, text a friend, page a friend, and even slap a friend and let them know that Shadow is in the building. Much love and respect to San Diego. Uh, once again, if you have not seen the Rodeo Mixtape documentary, I know people are probably saying stop promoting that, but let me tell you something. I'm going to promote myself until it pays off, okay? If you don't like it, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. I understand no hard feelings, but you can go to documentary.com and stream it, uh, unlimited streaming, only for $24.99. My shirts cost more than that, okay? So believe me, get educated. Uh, uh, This is a part of West Coast hip-hop history that you're missing. I like to call it the prequel to Straight Outta Compton, okay? So uh, once again, uh, check it out. I, I tell people all the time, I put this up against any West Coast documentary. I put it up against it. Not that I think, uh, um, it's, let me just say that it's different. Uh, I haven't heard not one negative report about it. So once again, we'll be back. You can also find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and uh, on Anchor. I had to throw that out there. Ten minutes, go get yourself a drink, and uh, come back. Yo, welcome back to Rodian Radio episode 20 with Mr. Shadow. But uh, I want to address something that somebody's been posting up. Uh, some guy named John T talking about, am I tripping or is Tony A's nose crooked? Well, yeah, see, because I have a rubber nose and all depends on when I bend it. Sometimes it could be facing east, sometimes it could be facing west. <laughs> so, yes, it's really crooked. No, you weenie. I actually had my nose broken like twice when I was a kid. So, you know, if you don't like it, hey, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Uh, and then another guy said, Tony looks scrawny. It's because I'm on that crack diet, man. You need to try it, bro. Don't try the keto. Try the crack diet. It's only 20 bucks. Anyways, back <laughs> with Mr. Shadow. I don't want <laughs> Anyways, fun. yeah, uh, uh, we have fun. So continue, guys. Uh, really quick, you wanted to address something that somebody was uh, sharing with oh, you. There's so much bullshit out here. Like this dude saying I hate it on Little Rob. Not for one, not, not one time did I fucking hate on anybody, period. But Little Rob situation, the whole beef was over that topic that I touched on. 
after that, he chose to go radio. I didn't, and that was that. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? Shadow, okay. Shadow don't hit on anybody. Now, when you say he decided to go radio, he decided to do, uh, if you will, what corporate America would consider uh, radio-friendly songs? Yeah, yeah. He went and you know, started messing with Upstairs Records, got signed, did radio songs. Okay. As for me, I stayed underground. You know, right. You know, and some people would actually find that as a good business move. Maybe you decided this is not the right business move for me. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, you know, I guess some people just need to grow the hell up. But uh, anyway, so now, um, how many albums? Now, before we touch on the Untouchables, mm -hmm. how many albums has Mr. Shadow released? I lost count, bro. But I think there's like 25 albums, I think, and like, I don't know how many compilations. And uh, be, be, I, now, besides the compilations, let's just say albums, uh, albums. like 25 albums. 25 albums. And okay. I have um, like uh, another four in spanish so like 29 albums okay yeah wow wow you, you know I, I will say this uh some people uh like i told you earlier if there's 300 comments or that were said about you yeah. whether uh combined whether they were on youtube whether they were on facebook or social or no instagram i could count probably on one hand how many negative there were okay not one person ever said that guy can't rap if anything you received more praise than possibly any other guest that I've had on here for his lyrical skills. Okay. Cool. Appreciate uh, that. You know, whether people are fans of you or not, they cannot knock uh, uh, your, um, if you will, your skills. Okay. Uh, you rap both English and in Spanish. You could do both, the best of both worlds, I like to call. Mm -hmm. By the way, I, just for the record, I do believe that uh, uh, not only Spanish a beautiful language, but I think Mexican food is the best food in the whole world. Hell, yes. So I met people from <laughs> Lebanon that told me they love Mexican food. That's the best food in the world. I don't think there's a race that doesn't like Mexican food. Right? 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 Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so now, wow, so you released that many albums. Now, I'm going to drop some names, and then you tell me. I have a few if you uh, work with them. Okay. okay? Uh, I read that there was a group, Quinto Sol. Yeah. Okay, so you work with them? Yeah, there's there's actually Fifth Son from Coachella, which oh. was a, a older Fifth Son, and there's Quinto Sol from back east, from the from the east coast, which they're from Chicago and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are the homies. I went up there. I actually went over there. I recorded three albums in uh, three albums in fifteen days. Wow! Each one of them has more than fifteen songs, and I wrote every one right there in the studio. Um, they flew me out there. It was fucking cold as hell. It was snowing and shit. Locked myself up in the studio and just knocked it out. Wow. Shout out to the homies from Quinto Sol and Virus. And um, if I'm correct, Corrupt? Yeah. Corrupt, okay. Uh, sugar Free? Corrupt, Sugar Free, 40 Glock, uh, Daz, um, Roscoe, uh, fuck Cocaine. A lot, a lot of people. Uh, um, out of work, all those people that you mentioned, was there one that stood out the most? Like, I really like working with that fucking dude. Or Roscoe. Roscoe? Roscoe, corrupts brother, his little no. brother. Now, why is that? Just his, his work ethic is just crazy. That fool just goes in there and just spits from the top of the head and comes out with some crazy shit. He's like, he's like crooked eye. You know, that's okay. another person that, that I, I admire when he works. He's super dope. And they just come off the top of the head. They don't write shit. They just mm -hmm. go in there and they murder the mic. You know what I mean? So Right. But, yeah. That, that was it was dope okay now i'm gonna hit you with the controversial question that most chicanos try to avoid or they don't know how to answer but we all have our own different opinions and uh i don't mind 
people with different opinions, okay? I just don't like to argue about it, but I'm going to drop it in your lap, and then you tell me your best answer. All right. Okay. What is Chicano rap? Chicano rap. It's a genre that me and a lot of the homies created. Okay. Uh, I don't like being categorized as such. Uh, only, and you got to pay attention to when I say this. I've said this in every fucking interview. You know what I'm saying? It's just a personal thing with me. I don't like the yeah. fact that there's not black rap, Irish rap, white rap, Chinese rap. Puerto Ricans aren't called Puerto Rican rap. Why the fuck we got to be Chicano rap? I'm proud of being Chicano. Of course. All day to the death. And I love my people and I always do it for my people. You know what I'm saying? And I've always had this discussion with Little One and Night Owl because, you know, um, we all look at it different, but it's the same view. If you get what I'm saying, like, yes, we all have our own personal feeling about it. But we all represent it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, like I'm never gonna deny that Chicano rap is the genre that I, you know, that I belong to. And shit. I mean, that's, right. that's what it is. Now, there's there's different kind of music be in our genre. Like there's there's some shit that I want to call cholo rap. Right. I don't do cholo rap. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I just do music. People want to label it as whatever they want to label it. So what? You know what I mean? But I don't like the fact that Eminem isn't fifty. He's not black rap. Eminem isn't white rap. House of Pain isn't Irish rap. You right. know what I'm saying? So, I mean, my that's my view on it. It's not that I don't like being Chicano or I don't like my, my raza. You know what I mean? Fuck that. I go to Mexico and tend to them. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Like, who else is out here doing that shit? I mean, some fools want to talk about, oh, Chicano this, Chicano that. But you don't want to go to Mexico where you come from to fucking go and do shows because for what reason? Right. So, anyways, that's just the way I feel about it. You know what I mean? I don't right. like being separate from rap i wish we could all just fucking be rap right right you know what i'm saying like why do we have to be over here but whatever uh at the same time i'm proud of a fucking movement that we created yeah we were so big and powerful that they had to fucking label us that right you know what i'm saying so i have mixed emotions about it you know what i'm saying so but what can i say you know okay. we have some of the dopest mcs there is and shit of course of course and you know what we need to speak out and we need to um uh, support our people, you know, because I do believe, okay, this door should have been opened for us a long time ago. There should have been, and I'm just going to say whether people like it or not, you know, whether you want to call it all us Latinos, whether you Chicanos or Mexican, there should have been Mexican Kanye West. They should have been Mexicans, Dr. Dre's already, you know, there should have been uh, Mexicans, you know, 50 cents, whatever. Okay. And they are out there. Yes. And yes, they are. Okay. Here's the thing that some of our people that got in before us, if you will, never opened the door. Right. They wanted all the shine to themselves. Okay. Yeah. I, I've known people that were considered pioneers in this Chicano rap movement, got drunk and they started confessing to me, you know, fuck everybody else. It's all about me. Okay. And I learned from him how not to be. Right. Because here's what I say. Let me tell you something, man. There's enough spotlight for everyone. Yeah. There's enough money for everyone. Mm -hmm. It just can't be all about you. Mm -hmm. You know? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know? So, me, if I can do anything to help Mr. Shadow progress and bless your family, then I'm here for that, bro. Right. I'm here. Because let me tell you something. You know, tomorrow's not promised to us. Mm -hmm. you, you you don't know how much longer we're going to be here. And I would rather be known as 
Tony tried to unite or Tony, Tony tried to bring Raza together to move forward, to progress, to better ourselves, yeah. you know, or I could be known as here lies Tony. He was a fucking asshole, <laughs> you know, and right. the, sad, the, sad, the sad thing is that there are going to be some people that are going to be talked about like that, yeah. you know, but so now um, it, it's a controversial subject and I'm going to continue to ask it because I do believe that uh, it's necessary for us to discuss it. Yeah. Um, I, I know you don't want to be categorized under the Chicano rap genre because you just want to be an artist. Right. You know, and I think that that is somewhat some something fairly new. And I'll tell you why. Because when I was coming up, they never considered me a Chicano DJ. Right. They never considered me a Chicano producer. You know, they, I was just Tony A. Yeah. He's the DJ. He's the wizard. Yeah. Whatever. Right. You know, but now people are, oh, he's a Chicano rapper. You know, I respect you as an artist. Okay, I respect you as an artist, and you know what? And I just wish that we need to see people as artists for their gifts and for their talents. Yeah. So, so now, fast forwarding up ahead, you are now oh, were, did an album with or an EP with the Untouchables. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who are the Untouchables? If you can elaborate a little bit. Conejo, Little One, Misfit, and myself. Okay. And um, who brought all that together? Who said you know? Were you guys fucking smoking a joint and saying, fucking nah, let's do this or it, what? Well, we kind of sort of touched on it when we were in Ventura for the Land Lockdown tour show. Okay. Uh, we met up at the lobby of a hotel. We just sat there bullshitted and, you know, chopped it up. Um, and then we said we would touch bases once once we, had to, we got done with the tour. Uh -huh. And then we did. Met up at the studio, recorded the album in one day. Hmm. Now, I'm going to ask you something because he's listening. All right. Um, do you like Misfits production? I love it. Okay, I love it too. That was incredible. I mean, he is. He, he's, you know, I, every time I see him, you know, he has something new and shit, and it's like his music hypes motherfuckers up. You know what I mean? Like, yes. hypes me up. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for him to fucking, uh, you know, make something for me so we can get shit and cracking. I, I know, I know. Let me tell you something. If I had the backing, if I had the money, I'm gonna be honest. I'll get his ass out of his whack ass contract, <laughs> and I'll sign his. I'll sign him to me. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I'll sign yeah. him to me. Make Dude, sure he eats good. Yeah. Get his own place. Whatever. Uh, uh, give him a dope ride. Keep his ass happy. Just produce. Okay. He did that zombie song. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah! I never seen a, a zombie twerk. I mean, <laughs> you know that shit was dope. I, yeah, I forgot to ask him if a twerk hair stink stunk. You know. But, uh, anyways. Yeah, he's super talented, man. Shout yeah. out to Misfit. Shout out to Misfit Soto. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, here's another controversial individual in the group, okay. Little One. Right. Okay. Um, Little One, get at me because we want to do an interview with you. Right, right. Okay. A lot of people say a lot of negative things about him. Okay. Let's put all that aside because mm -hmm. I don't want to touch on that. But one thing that no one ever says about him is that he can't rap. Oh, he can wrap his ass up. He can wrap his ass up, <laughs> and I, I'm saying it, right. okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been in the studio with some people, some people that we would call the best, okay. I, I've had the honor and the privilege to, to be there, and I've listened to his stuff. You know, you know, if a guy can rap, right. and he can rap. I listen to your stuff. I know that you can rap, right. okay. The sad part about it is that sometimes when you have a bad name, it seems to put a cloud over over Talent. you. You know, yeah. So people don't want to mess with you. But uh, I'm not going to judge someone by something that somebody else said about him. Right. Because 
if he treats me with respect, then I treat him with respect. Right. And whatever somebody said, but then I just keep that in the back of my head or whatnot. Because yeah. I'm sure you heard the stories as well. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it, it, it comes, and I was, you know, I, I always tell them, I don't give a fuck what people say. Dog. Like, like I, there's people within my circle that don't like each other, and I'll talk to him, and I'll talk to him. I'm not going to choose sides. Right. I'm not going to choose sides, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't give a fuck. You can talk shit till you're fucking turn blue and I'm, I'm not gonna change right. my feeling or thought about the person because of the way you feel right like miss me with your bullshit and his bullshit deal with me on, on my right. level and when you guys see each other whatever but when you're with me you're with me when you're with me you're with me you know what i mean like there's more than one situation where i have people that i've that i like to work with that are i'm around and they don't like each other you know what i'm saying and they're fucking super talented individuals and i'm not gonna stop fucking with one or the other because of this person saying this about this for like, look, I'm just gonna work with whoever the fuck I want. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a grown ass man. I'm my own person. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and try to tell them like, hey, dog, don't go talk to that fool because <laughs> besides the fact that I'm not like that, right? Just why waste my time and energy on bullshit? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. I'm okay. still gonna go have lunch with little one. I'm still gonna go have lunch with Nido. I'm still gonna go kick it with Misfit. I'm still gonna kick it with whoever. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna stop talking to people because oh, they're gonna think you're this and that. Man, fuck you, dog. Like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, you're your own man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're your own man. And that's where a lot of that shit's gotta stop, bro. Because if we we are ever gonna come together as a people, bro, we need to put all that shit away. And then, and if some of those stories are true about certain individuals, then those people need to check themselves. Because eventually, if some of the stories are true about some of those people, ultimately they're they're only going to end up fucking themselves. Right. You know what I mean, saying? and that's the thing. Like, look, you got something to say or something you feel about him? Get at homeboy about it. Yes. Why you want to fucking talk to me? Like, I'm gonna say, oh, you know what? Yeah, fuck him. Like, I'm not. I'm not right. gonna go there. So right. miss me with that shit. All good. Okay. Uh, now, what? So the album is out. The uh, uh, Untouchables. I know you guys did the region last week, if I'm correct, right? Sold that shit out. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that show, man. That show was who, dope. Who opened up? Who went out first? Because I know you guys didn't come out all together. Right. So, right. Well, so we, we just we were just special guests. Uh-huh. Um, the Untouchables were. Uh -huh. So we went on last with Conejo. And halfway through his set, we did uh, three songs from the Untouchable record. Uh -huh. Shit was epic. Super okay. dope. A lot of people showed up to, to show support. A lot of fans. Yes. It was a dope night. Oh, and now, um, other than it being packed, how was the response to Oh, the man, they were loving it. People were loving it, man. Because, I mean, when do you get to see... As for one, you never get to see Shadow and Little One together, for one. Right. Let alone the whole Untouchable crew, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, and like I said, a lot of people have a lot to say about Conejo. A lot of people have a lot to say about Uno and Misfit. Right. Look, man, at the end of the day, I'm still going to call them every fucking day and go work with them, go work with Night Owl. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, it's crazy because before it used to be just in San Diego. San Diego used to be like the hater capital of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody used to hate on everybody and shit. Right. And that's never been my stilo. So it's, it's died down a little bit. And San Diego has so much fucking talent, but it's so hard. It used to be so hard. Like when I was starting to do music, right. I had to drive to L.A., you know what I'm saying? To get any kind of action for music. There's, there ain't shit in San Diego for the music industry. Well, now there is because of the, a click of a button. Right. But back then, you had to put in that legwork. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Of so, course. Um, and there was like two years straight where I was I was coming to L.A., leaving my house at 6 in the morning and leaving L.A. at 6 in the evening. Every day, like clockwork, just zooming mm. up and down that 5, you know, just working, going to Power 106 or going to the studio or whatever the fuck I might be. It was crazy, man, but that's what we had to do to get where I'm at, you know? Okay, okay. Um, there was a comment that somebody said, uh, I don't know if you even know who this person is. 
Uh, ask him about OG Gus. OG Gus. Oh, my God. Another fool from San Diego. Okay. That fool is super talented. Super talented. I mean, if you guys haven't heard of him, listen to him. He's super dope. There's so much talent in San Diego. I mean, there's my boy OJ the Great, Crooks the Felon, uh, my boy Chunks Murillo, you know, of course, Night Out, Little One. I mean, there's, there's, I could keep going on obnoxious. I mean, there's so many heads that got talent, man. My boy uh, Panther. Uh, fuck, I, I could go on and on, man. San Diego has so much raw talent. Uh -huh. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times we're overlooked because, you know, again, we're not in L.A. We're not in the of center of the shit. But oh, we out there, man. We, you, you, you know what I want you to do, man? Yeah. Um, because let me take a time. Somebody told me. I can always tell it's going to be good when you take a deep breath. <laughs> you, you know what I really want to do, man? I really want to push women, mm -hmm. talented women. Right. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, I'm hoping Misfit's listening because I would like people like you, people like Misfit, find talented women, whether they sing or rap, and uh, if you will, steer them in the right direction and introduce them so that the world can see their talent. Yeah. You know, because I know there's dope women out there. Oh, bro. there's a lot of them, bro. A, a lot of them. A lot of them, man. And I think that uh, uh, many, many women are talented. And I think it's time in 2020 that for women to uh, flourish and to show their talent. And it would be awesome, man, if you found some and you, you know, either you produce them or you find somebody to make some music for them, you yeah. put them, whether it's under your label, have them open up for you or whatnot, because I will say this, that many women, and I know this because I've been in the game for a fucking long time, many women have gotten dicked, literally. Yeah. Okay? Both ways, money and dick, <laughs> right. okay? And and nothing ever happened to them. Right. And women have gotten the bad end of the stick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I was working, somebody asked me, you know what, Tony, who have you ever worked with? I never saw you in any Chicano rap credits. Let me tell you something. First of all, before you open your fat ass mouth, <laughs> Go look me up on Wikipedia and it tells you by detail, name by name, everybody that I work with. If not, I can name them, whether it be Slow Pain, whether it be Frost, whether it be Little Rob, whether it be Lawless, whether it be Mellow Mayonnaise. I can go down the line. Many songs came out, many of them didn't. But I do have songs out there. Mm -hmm. But what I don't like is a dude coming on or emailing me or commenting or DMing me. What have you done? First of all, <laughs> why are you worried about me? Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm the wrong dude to come at come at like that, bro. I really am. So, um, and nothing pisses me off more more than a guy who just got time to comment some bullshit. Right. You know, don't come at me fucking stupid, bro. So, anyways, um, but I do think that it's time for uh, women to flourish, man. So, hopefully, we could bring our beautiful Raza women and bring it to the spotlight and showcase that we got some dope ass talent, bro. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, uh, like I said, maybe you, you know where I heard some women that are really, really freaking dope, and I, I, I saw them in some shows. Actually, uh, they asked them to come up and freestyle. I was in Arizona. Oh yeah. And three girls went up there. I didn't know who in the hell they were, but they just started freestyling. They were fucking dope. Bro. Yeah, they're out there, bro. They were yeah, really dope. There's a girl from where's she from? I think she's from out here from LA. Uh, Reverie or. Yeah. Reverend, that's her name. Yeah, she's dope, bro. Yeah, she's super. Doesn't there's like two or three of them, dog, that are out there. Yeah, you know, pushing their movement and and they're, they're right. dope. They're super. There dope. has to be more. We know that. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wicked Baby Dog. She performed at the Regent. Okay. Just not long ago. She's she's dope too. Now, I'm gonna say something that uh, 
most people are not going to like, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Uh, we need to respect them a little bit more. And I'm going to tell you why. Because most guys, when they find a woman, uh, uh, instead of developing them, working with them, putting them out there, pointing the way, you know what they want to do? They just want to fuck them. And nothing ever happens. Yeah. Okay. So let's put all that aside and let's just uh, help each other. Yeah. You know, because let me tell you something. If I help you, okay, you know what's going to happen one day? You're going to be able to say like the way you did Night Owl. Night Owl put me on. Or I saw Night Owl or Night Owl this. With me, it's Steve Yano this. Steve this. Steve gave me my first job. We don't forget those mm. people that helped us. Right. You know, and to be quite honest with you, that's my pay. Right. You know, ultimately, that's my pay. To be able to have a good name amongst people yeah. and then say, you know what, uh, Tony helped me. So. Yeah, and that's one thing I can say, and I'm proud of it. You can ask my shadow anywhere. I've never done anybody dirty. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, that's just me, man. And if I can help in any way, I do. You know? So, and, and again, I have a lot of people, a lot of friends that have a lot of fucking talent. Yes. But like I told them, look, dog, I'm not going to give you some fucking promises and shit about shit that I can't do for you, that I can't do for myself. If I, if I don't have money to put you out there like that, if I had a million dollars, I'd drop it on you. There's, they're that dope. It's right. just that I'm not going to waste your time or my time and sell you some whack-ass promise that, oh, dog, I'm going to fucking put you on. You're going to blow up. Nah, man. It I'm not going to lie to a homie. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I'd rather... Everything I have accessible to, my, to me, it's theirs. And I told them that. You want features, whatever, I got access to people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Whatever you want. If it's free, it's free. If it costs you, it costs you. But it's a connection that I have that you might not get till later in your career. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if it don't cost me anything and I can do it here... And that's that's the way I like to all my homies. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, I got a lot of homies in SD that have so much fucking talent. It's crazy, and and I wish I can help all of them. But right, you know, first thing I gotta put out my shit and see. No, I know. And sometimes, you know, believe me, since I started this, I've had knocks on my door, literally knocks at my door, emails, DMs, inboxes. Help me, help me, help me. Yeah. Keep in mind, I'm only one person. Yeah. You know. I can't help 50 guys at one time that are constantly telling me, help me. Do I want to? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's only one of me. Right. So, you know what? I need more people of me. I need more shadows that are willing to help other people. Yeah. You know? But I will say this. But we have to release good music. Yeah, of course. You just can't release a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. As it is, we've already been thrown under the Chicano rapper's rug. Okay? Mm -hmm. If we just keep releasing bullshit... This industry is just going to laugh at us, bro. Yeah. You know, that's the bullshit. You guys want to be taken fucking serious? Yeah. Some guys, honestly, I I'm not trying to be mean, but some guys shouldn't be rapping. Right. You know, and so somebody will probably get upset because I said that. You know, how dare you say? No, it's true. Some guys shouldn't be rapping. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not your strength. Maybe that's not what you're best at. Maybe you're good behind the computer. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. The fans don't know any better, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just they just want something they can vibe to. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, we gotta separate the artists from the rappers. Yeah. Artists make records, yes. produce records, rappers just rap. Okay. So now, um, what can we expect for a Mr. Shadow now? Is he working on an album? What are you yeah. thinking about putting together or yeah, I'm finishing up my I've been finishing up this album for like a year. Okay. My English album called uh my English album called uh, Loyal to the Soil 
Then I got my Spanish album called Nasi Sin Conciencia, which is what I'm doing with my Spanish albums. Uh -huh. Is I'm gonna mirror every one of my English titles with Spanish. So my last Spanish release was Hasta la Muerte, Till I Die. So now Born Without a Conscience, which was my second release, Nasi Sin Conciencia. Sí. You know what I mean? So, and you know, and and that, what that's gonna create is gonna, you know, people are gonna want that that collection. You know, they're gonna want the English and the Spanish one to match. So I got like. 20 to go. Okay, what, what producers are you working with? My main producer, CGV, my boy. You know, much love to my boy, CGV. He's a monster. You know, if, if you want some production from him, look him up, CGV Productions. Come with your pockets, right? And he's he's one of the dopest out there, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of a lot of dope-ass talent, but he's the one that's been producing uh, my, my uh, Spanish, uh, some of my new English. So that's the one that I've been working the most with. But I, of course, I always go back to Steve Vicious, uh, that man's a legend. He's 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 a genius with music. Uh, Chris Gunn, another one. I love his production. Uh, they're just a sunny click. Uh, he he got a dope production. I could go on and on. My homie from Hotbox, uh, uh, Studio One. That was my house where I recorded uh, Hasta la Muerte. You know what I'm saying? I just stay working and shit. Okay. Dope ass people. Now I'm gonna put Misfit on the spot right now. All right. Even though he's not here, but I know he's watching. <laughs> um, I, I haven't been producing in a while. I still have a lot of great ideas. I still have all my drum sounds and everything. The reason yeah. why I haven't is because I've been disappointed with today's music. Right. And when I say today's music, the shit that the bullshit that they play on Power 106 and K Day yeah. and all that <laughs> mumble rap bullshit, bro. Yeah. I'm I'm not down with that. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if that's what they want to play, go for it. You know. People say music evolved. No, I truly believe that it was just changed on us. Right. It didn't evolve. Okay. Uh, as far as I can, I can remember back from the Rapper Delight to the Fat Boys to, you know, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five to Karis One to Rakim, hip hop was escalating. It was going up. And then yeah. all of a sudden it just went, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm going to get together with him. He doesn't know this yet, so I'm making it public now. <laughs> and I'm going to produce one song with him. I'm going to sit down with him, whether if I bring my drum machine or we do it on his, you know, computer or whatever. I want to do one song. And I want to have five rappers. All right. Okay. I want you to be one of them. I'm there. Okay. Done. Uh, uh, I'm not charging anybody anything to do a beat. And I'm hoping nobody charges me for a verse. <laughs> okay. But uh, I don't want to let too much out. Right. But uh, when we turn off the camera, I'll tell you what my idea is for cool. this song. All right. Okay. So, Misfit, uh, we're going to begin together. Tony is going to be coming to the studio. Or you could come here. We're going to put together a classic, classic song together, okay? And it's going to contain five verses, so it may be a little bit longer, and Dope. it's going to include a video as well. Dope. Okay, 2020, be looking out because Raza's coming. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Period. Um, so now, um, you performing anywhere soon? Can people expect to see you anywhere? Uh, as of right now, the last show we did was uh, at the Regent. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm already getting a lot of calls, mm -hmm. you know, so I'll be out there in a the the town near you. Okay, cool. Because I know, I know you're booking shows and you're working on records. Yeah. So people can expect to see you soon. Okay. Yeah. I also got another Spanish record I did with my carnal Duende and Payaso 915 from Texas called Tres Caras 3K. Wow. Uh, that fucking record is on a whole other level in Spanish. Okay. So, yeah, man, I got a lot of things I'm working on with Little One, a lot of things with Night Owl. You know what I mean? So, okay, you'll see a lot. Duende is another guy that a lot of people 
are requested. Duende is super dope. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. That guy, he's super talented, super dope, super humble, real down to okay. earth. Shout out to my boy Duende and Payaso. Yeah, they're like, I like to work around people like that, that are down to earth, humble, and carry themselves like myself. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, I don't, I'm not the kind of go and get a Gucci shirt. I like to support Rasta. You know, if I'm right. not wearing Dice One, I'm wearing Pocho Wear. Okay. You know what I mean? So, and that's pretty much all I wear. I don't wear Gucci. I wear Dice One. Right. And, um, I'm always going to support my boy's brand and shit. He's from San Diego. You know, a lot of people wear his shit. But yeah, yeah I don't see, I don't waste my, my money like in designer clothes, you know. You know what's funny? Bill, do you, you ever see Bill Gates in a brand name? No, no. <laughs> he, he looks like Mr. Rogers, right? <laughs> <laughs> but this was the richest man in the world, like besides you know, Bezos. <laughs> this generation will be wearing, will spend their money. I've known dudes that have been five, six hundred dollars in Ferragamo belts or. Gucci belt or Louis Vuitton belt or whatever. I've never known a dude that got laid because he had a, a Louis Vuitton <laughs> belt buckle. Okay, uh, I'll wear some Nike Cortez, yeah, you know, some Bible ones, homie, a pro club t-shirt, oh, yeah. walk in, you know what I'm saying, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, any shout outs you want to give, bro, before we close? Man, there's too many of them to name, but you know, shout out to all my boys, all my family, my wife, my daughters, my son, and um, you know, God bless everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, I can't wait to bring you that new music next year. Yeah, yeah. And be expecting that song because I, I really want to put something together, bro. I right. really want to put something together. Well, we got two things pending, though. We got that little rob and we got that. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. The way we're going to come with the beat, I believe, is going to change people, um, if you will, the way they look at us. Okay. And that's what I want to do. I want to bring change. Bro. Let's so, do that. Uh, once again, uh, Roadie on Radio, episode 20 with none other than Mr. Shadow. Uh, I'd like to thank him for uh, coming out from all the way from San Diego, uh, all the way to the city of Wilmington, and sitting with me and uh, chopping it up. Uh, once again, the Roadie Mixtape Documentary, you can uh, get it at documentary.com. And all these all of these interviews are just not available on YouTube, but they're also available on Spotify, on Anchor, and on um, Apple Podcasts, and you can now uh, listen to them there. Now, um, I'll, let me give a couple of shout outs, not only to my boy, John motherfucking Elkins, uh, but also to my boy, Daniel DG Media Clips, but also to uh, Latin Beast and Chicano Rap Magazine, uh, because many of them actually repost uh, a lot of my stuff on IG. So I just want to give a, a big shout out to you guys. I want to support you guys. I hope you guys support me once again. Land Beast, Chicano Rap Magazine, and if I forgot somebody, you know, hit me up on the DM. You know, the sad thing is that uh, I want to address something. This year, 2019, um, I've had four Instagrams because all four of them have gotten deleted. Obviously, it's somebody that knows me, somebody that's hating on me, that they re constantly report my page that is constantly getting uh, deleted. Instagram gives you no warning, never gave me a warning. I just wake up, I log in, and I'm all of a sudden I'm logged out. Here's the funny part, okay? I've um, talked to certain people and everybody's talking about possibly one person that may be doing this to me, okay? Um, I don't know if it's true or if it isn't, but if it is, and if I find out it's this person, I'm gonna expose them, okay? Because um, Instagram is pretty much where I make all my connections. And maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but I don't care. Uh, all my, all my, uh, I get all my hires from there. Uh, all my important contacts are right there. 
and my pages are constantly getting deleted. You know, I don't know anybody who has this many problems with Instagram and all I'm trying to do is trying to bring unity to our, our people, to our rasa. And every time I try to climb up in followers, you know, I'm not even certified. I, I get like 2,000 followers and then all of a sudden my page gets deleted. You know, then I got to start all over again. People could think that I'm blind. You got deleted again? Yes. Okay. I'll leave it at that. But anyways, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, we will be back Wednesday. Okay. New Year's Day with a very, very special guest. You are not going to want to miss it. We are, we are going to kick off our new year with a very special guest. Okay, so we'll be back Wednesday. Uh, if you're going to go on New Year's Eve, please take care. Honestly, watch your back. Don't be shooting up guns in the fucking air, homie. Because, you know, those bullets come back down and they, mm -hmm. they, they kill little kids, homie. You know, so once again, uh, um, you're going to be seeing more women uh, uh, that I'm going to be interviewing because I really want to push uh, not only women artists, uh, women singers, women songwriters, and... Uh, um, Believe me, you won't be disappointed. Uh, everybody that constantly comments, get this guy, get this guy, get this guy. Believe me, they're already booked. Okay. So once again, happy new year. See you Wednesday. And we will, um, we will come back at you with a bang on Wednesday. God bless. Take care.